0: Welcome to PST, podcast for surviving teachers, where we
1: Mackenzie, Abby, Amelia, Michael, and Talia break
0: down contemporary teaching issues and create innovative suggestions for early career teachers to overcome them.
2: We recognise this is being recorded on Ghana land and pay respect to their connection to culture and acknowledge their sovereignty of country yesterday, today,
1: and forever.
2: I got issues,
1: school's got them too. Let's think about them all, and that's
0: just what we do. Brainstorm solutions of all our
3: problems.
0: Cause we got the kind of love that takes us over.
1: Yeah, I got issues. Listen up, surviving teachers.
0: Welcome to the first episode of PST, a podcast for surviving teachers. This is week eight for our topic, and we are talking about government policies and spending and funding. Yeah, interesting subject. So let's go around and just introduce uh, each other. This is our group. My name is Michael. I am a pre-service teacher studying maths and history. And let's all say a highlight of the week or something um, that we're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to... My wedding on Saturday, which will be really
1: Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, <laughs>
0: appreciate it. Let's just yeah, go around the room, introduce your name and uh um something about yourself.
3: All right, um my name's Mackenzie, I'm doing secondary teaching, majoring in French and maths. Super weird combo, I know, but you know, we move. Um, I do not have a highlight this week, unfortunately. It's Tuesday,
1: and I'm already overwhelmed.
3: So
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Hi, I'm Talia. I'm um, secondary teacher, majoring in maths and drama. We actually have a few weird combos we in do, this group, yeah, actually. Maths history of I, of <laughs> I know a lot of maths teachers, but I have no numeracy skills. No. Um, highlight my week. I'm going to Darwin on Thursday, which is super exciting, but I think a bit stressful. Going to try to smash out all this homework before I go away. But yeah, awesome.
2: Hi, I'm Amelia, so I'm a pre-service teacher in nutrition and science, so a little weird but a bit more normal <laughs> we have here. Um, so my highlight of the week is definitely just going to be Saturday because my week is so full
1: of uni and work that I just need a day to just chill. So fair. Yeah. We also have Abby, but Abby is currently unwell this week and so hopefully she'll be in next week for um, our next edition. So, let's get into the nitty-gritty of government policies.
0: Yeah, let's do that. So, first, let's uh, talk about what what is it and what kind of impacts it has for our future. So, um, we do understand that the government now, the Labour government under uh, Albanese, um, has a new education minister. His yeah, name's Jason Clare. I mean. mm-hmm. And he's really involved in trying to... Um, understand what are teacher issues and try to create a national action plan to combat those and to find those solutions. And so in class today we were really talking about um, how that impacts classes but also yeah. um, the decisions they make and, and the, the the money that they're spending on certain things.
2: Yeah, um, so like Michael said, like we now have Albanese. Albanese, Albanese? government yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got him now but The new action plan hasn't started yet. And the problem means we're still following a bunch of the Morrison government's, I guess, rules, plans, etc. And pretty much he's got no priority on education (laughs) and education has gone out the window. He just keeps slashing funds wherever he can and it is not benefiting anyone.
0: Yes, that was was the Morrison government. And now, hopefully, with this new transfer, we'll be able to see a more um, positive emphasis on... Raising teacher status, but also trying to fix the solutions that has arisen. So the main idea is there uh, is that we want to try and retain the teachers that we already have in the profession, mm. um, and we want to try to attract more people more to yeah. yeah become teachers.
1: I think it's definitely been such a difficult time. Like following COVID, teachers have to become so much more adaptable than like their like expectation of their career is completely changed. Like. Yeah for them to have to, like, teach online and, like, mm-hmm. communicate. And, like, the amount of absences I know I found on placement, like, there was teacher absences literally every day. Yeah. and And, um, like, not enough, like, TRT teachers coming in to help. And so I think what I found, like, the Labor government's promise, which is, I think, governments make promises all the time, but they want to increase the standards it is to not only like, get into the teaching courses, but, like, to help, like, fix this teaching shortage across the country. With, like, I know in South Australia here they're, like, um, allowing like graduate teachers like in their last year to go out and be at TRT teaching yep. which is like unheard of like they're not mm-hmm. graduated no, yet no, really. and like to be actually be responsible for like ki- like really students good. right like you don't these have your accreditation you don't have accreditation. that's yeah. insane like yeah. that's like unheard of um yeah. but like, it's just a way to get people in the door and I think definitely. it's just in, yeah fast track it oh yeah. 100% like even here at Flinders like they were altering um way to get like master's students out and then into a bachelor's degree to get them out faster yeah. and sooner which is definitely something like I think if we, when we start, when I remember starting the degree, they literally were like, you're going to compete against everyone that you're in this room with right now. And now it's like, they want... Yeah, I remember like that. They want you yeah. We need you. We yeah. need teachers. And I think is yeah. definitely needs to be a bit more of a priority of putting people out there. Yeah. There's a big mood shift for sure. I think, yeah, realising like the importance of teachers. It's yeah. not just like this sideline career anymore. I think it's, yeah. yeah. It does have to like, yeah you know, push up the expectations. Um, and... Yeah, and even though I found, like, with the Labour government, they want to, like, increase, like, the um, student outcomes. Like, they've found, like, kids are not attending school because of, like, the COVID, they're staying home for longer, they're missing out on viable, like, content, which increases, they're not achieving well. And then that, like, then reflects on the teachers, like, oh, the teachers aren't teaching as well, yeah. but, like, how are you supposed to teach your class when there's no one there? Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. So yeah, it's just, like, this... Awful cycle, and I think, unfortunately, the Morrison government, they just weren't prioritising education at all. No. And, like, from Amelia and Michael's presentation today, it was so interesting to look at where he put more funding, like, the schools he was putting funding into as opposed to, like, other schools that probably needed it more, but he was just funding, like, private schools and, like, um, like Christian schools, essentially, which is just so yeah it just disregards those other schools who actually probably need it more it's
2: such clear favoritism which no know prime ministers have like you're meant to view everyone equally and look at what's the best opportunity for everyone Mm -hmm. but it's very clear you can see he wasn't caring
1: about that it's just what he wanted for these schools exactly right like that's just yeah unfortunate for sure and especially if we move towards the future i think it's terrifying to think that like We're going to have classrooms with, like, 30-plus kids in them. Yeah. And as teachers.
3: teacher, no SSOs, no ESOs. That you just can't do that. That's full on.
2: Yeah, they were talking... One of our class members mentioned in class they'd be co-teaching, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, like, we're going to end up with classes with all these students, which shouldn't be happening anyway because the extent of overcapacity. But at least if we can put another teacher in the class and have two, then maybe there's a Mm. bit more balance and we can cater for their needs. Mm. But the problem with that is very few schools are going to do that because then they have to pay like double the wage pretty much for For two
1: teachers. 100%, and you've got like multiple kids in this class. And I think, especially for like a novice teacher, that's such a big fear, I think, going from like uni to actually out in the classroom and be responsible for big these classes. And like goes back to the retention, like teachers are quitting within the first like three five to five years of their career. Mm. And that's what we're losing teachers straight off the bat. And it's like even like not enough having enough people enroll in teaching course because it's too hard. It's not there's not enough support out there for teachers. And I think that outlook definitely needs to change. Yeah.
0: And even those that do enrol in teacher courses and, yeah. and those initial train teacher education courses, fifty um, percent don't even finish those that's courses. Ridiculous. It's when really you
1: think scary. about, like, even yeah. from first year to now, I know so many people have deferred yeah. or dropped out. Like, yeah. we had huge numbers when I first started at uni, yeah. and now, like, it's completely, it's diminished, com- like, significantly, which is, like, yeah, really yeah. scary. Crazy. They're starting to do a, a scholarship thing, though, I think the government,
3: for upcoming students to try and attract them to do teaching. They're just pretty much saying, we'll pay for your whole tertiary education yeah. if you come and be a teacher, please.
1: And I think it's like you. yeah, it's like for those high-achieving students because I think yes. it goes up to the teacher status. It's like if you're getting a high ATA, yeah. it's that like um, when you quality so, teachers, yeah, so, it's but also yeah. it's like that um, I guess like you go high ATA, you're actually not going to go on teaching because it's yeah. not as like highly, like seen, yeah, yeah, like it's sure. more like medicine or like yeah. you know f- um, like physios and stuff yeah. like that. So I think it's yeah, an incentive is. Definitely important. Like yeah. I know, when if I was at school, it would have probably. I would have, yeah. Definitely. I imagine like I would definitely have been able to apply for that. Yeah. And taken off a lot of pressure, no more hex debt. That would have been awesome. I like imagine that. It just climbs up every year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, like looking at like the, the teachers are still going on strike for pay and not support, and yeah. I think now which is a really cool thing. I remember learning it in a class, so like how first year teachers out will get, like, a buddy or a mentor with them for the whole year, like another teacher mm-hmm. at the school, yeah. so someone they can, like, connect to and rely on because I think that's probably the biggest way is, like, you don't feel supported and it can be a really isolating career, especially when you feel like you've got to... You've always got to put these, all these different hats on. You've got to be a teacher, mm-hmm. you've got to be, like, a counsellor, you've got yeah. to be, like, an a, you know, administrator, you've got to, like, you know do all this paperwork and stuff like that and it can be super overwhelming. It's definitely something, like, a big fear is going into the school and, like, not feeling prepared enough.
2: Because we as teachers, we don't get graduate positions, do we? So, like, mm. if you're a nurse or an OT, mm, yeah, you have no. a graduate position that gives you two years and they help That's you grow Yeah. there. Mm.
3: No, we don't do that. It's literally like you're out there now. Yeah. A, it's like only like a, a new
1: thing having, yeah. um, like, a buddy or a mentor yeah. in the field. Yeah. Um, which is, like, insane because I feel like you're responsible for, like, the next generation of, ed- like, their education and to have, like, you know, someone straight out of uni, mm. it's, mm. like terrifying really like yeah the thought of it would be like I don't know like I get really anxious thinking about it I think because yeah. like I think unfortunately the uni it goes like the uni like what, what are we teaching at uni is it practical enough for those people yeah. to go out into the field because I think when, I don't know I can say like per, like professional experience like the placements that's where I've learned the most yeah yeah like that's being in that so cl- oh sure. so vital yeah. and it's so important that's where you like gain the most insight to Definitely. a classroom Definitely. and I think um, back to the presentation you guys did like when they did that um, board meeting and it was like that mm. three hour th- yeah. round table thing yeah. and you actually had teachers there and I think that's so important Definitely. because I think what Morrison government missed out I was like oh this is what teachers should be doing but they're actually not asking teachers what no they should teachers. be doing or what yeah. they want yeah. and it's just creates this yeah
0: So I watched the report on that and what Jason Clare did, he got all the education ministers from each state and territory, Mm. as well as select principals and teachers to come to Canberra and to really talk about those issues and to try and find solutions there. And, you know, going back to your mentorship, that was another thing that was mentioned. Do we need mentors? Mm. Do we need to have the ability for people to switch careers into teaching yeah. because with placements mm. you have to have a job and placement so you can provide for yourself, which is terrible. Oh,
1: so eight help. weeks of no pay oh, is I'm the sure hardest thing ever. Right, yeah. That was so rough.
0: It's, so long. it's eight weeks, but that is a barrier for
1: people mm-hmm. and
0: it stops people from even considering to be a teacher. So, uh, you know, there was mentioned and we'll talk about it a bit later with solutions, but potentially having paid internships for those yeah. that are switching mid-career. Um, and you know, that's definitely something that uh, could could be looked further into. Um, and now just let's look at this conversation and maybe turn it into well, what are our experiences with this issue and maybe, uh, maybe what are we seeing in South Australia, um, to do with, you know, teacher shortages and, and increased classrooms? Yeah, well, I know that
3: on placement I was at a, a lot of the times, um, basically running the class myself as a mm. pre-service teacher um my mentor teacher had COVID and then developed long COVID so she was out for at least two weeks of my um five-week placement which was full-on um and they would have TRTs come in and um you know other teachers at the actual school um taking the class for relief but if I had the plan in front of me if I had the slides in front of me I was basically just running the class um, for free they didn't really help out behavior management wise so it was it was full on for sure but yeah big shortage she was probably one of 30 teachers that were absent every single day it was full on
1: yeah, just but just like yeah. it does some benefit anyway like it makes yeah. you feel so underprepared going into the yeah. classroom right yeah. and then you've got these kids who like aren't having the consistency of a a teacher every day like having to get their respect a hundred percent like especially in like um i know you're like sharing your experience there's so much behavioral issues like who how are they going to develop like a consistent routine i think routine is so important for students and when you've got someone different with a different pedagogy entering that classroom a different way of teaching yeah that's when you lose kids more and that's like i think encourages like oh i'm not going to go to school today because my teacher's not in so what's the point yeah definitely Um,
3: and they had an um sso come in every now and then who was assigned to my class and supposed to be there every single day but he would probably show up once a week So if they had the funding Mm. to actually have an SSO there every single class, every single day, um, that would have provided a lot more routine, a lot more support for the students and, yeah, a lot more help. Definitely. mm -hmm.
2: I'm still stuck on your 30 teachers. (coughs) (laughs) About, like, three to five per grade. That's a long list in the staff room of, like
3: all the teachers that were absent that day that's just on. crazy that yeah. should not be allowed and like no. for like
1: long periods of time so well. it's not like a day like it's like this is like mm-hmm. weeks Yes, yeah. and I know yeah. especially like coming out like with covid like being on placement in like um like term two there was so many like it's when COVID was really like hitting its peak like you had kids out you had teachers out but you're still supposed to like continue teaching Mm. but then like um it'd be like oh I haven't seen so-and-so for like a week and a half you have to
3: catch them up. you have to catch them up and you've
1: also got these other kids who were there the whole time it's like how do you I was teaching drama and it's like how are we supposed to do group work when you've got one member out for a week and um what did they submit like, yeah like yeah. how do you grade them when they're like barely rocking up and then um even I remember my placement like my mentor he was saying oh, in term one it was the hardest when it's like when you had um close contacted like when you're like you to be out for yeah. 14 days even if you didn't have COVID like he goes like it was so inconsistent like I just mm. didn't see anyone like it was just so hard and like starting school online for the first two weeks where like the first two weeks of school is the most prevalent time when yeah. you to start building those especially not high school yeah is building those prevalent, like, relationships and getting to understand your students and, like, how they learn and to be, like, yeah. just face-to-face on a computer. Yeah. It's just, you don't gain else. anything. I don't think you gain anything from no, that. Definitely. And it makes it harder for the teacher, it makes it harder for the students, and no-one's enjoying it. Um, and unfortunately, that's the, the circumstances we have, but it's now we're in term, th- you know, three of the year and there's still these issues are arising. Yeah. and. Covid happened almost three years ago, and I just feel like it's still a consistent excuse. Mm. Where I think I don't know, I, can't, I don't think it can be used anymore. And it goes back to what you guys were saying about the schools being built like to mm. deal with over overcapacity. Like I didn't realize how many schools were overcap like overcapacity. Yeah. Is that like insane? That, like no. fourteen no. schools. Like I was like, mm. what was that? The top, that was Upper Sturt Secondary. They are like 140 percent. I was like, yeah. how yeah. are you feeding those kids in? Like where yeah. are they going? Yeah. So exactly.
0: this this idea of overcapacity being that um, we don't have enough space like physically for um, students Mm. and uh, Amelia did a really good research into the different schools in South Australia and their their overcapacity as well and how that works maybe want to summarize that a little bit
2: yeah so just specifically for South Australia we found out that by next year we're gonna have 14 schools overcapacity which is six more added on to this year which is a That's fair insane. amount, and a lot of it is just like all around Adelaide or growing areas or international schools. And we were discussing it in, obviously, class today. And one of the students said, "Well, we don't have land for any more school, schools. So what do we do?" And I was like, "The only real solution is you just have to build up, and we we'll yeah. end up with skyscrapers of schools. <laughs> we need just, just like, like buildings,
1: like we look how big how Flinders is. Like you just keep building up, like." But that's it's how I like, was doing, like, the housing crisis and stuff is just yeah. built up. Like, you've got these yeah. tiny townhouses, and I think, yeah. unfortunately, school's going to turn to the same. Yeah. yeah.
2: But the thing is, you need to, because otherwise, fitting all these students, like, a large amount of students in one class, they're just not getting quality experience. Oh,
1: my God, no. Yeah. It goes back to the point that like, they're going to fly under the radar. And that's, yeah. like, my biggest fear as a teacher, I think, yeah. is, like, not knowing your students. And so then they do miss out on those, like, vital education because they just, like, they may not be, like, this brightest, or they might, like, you know... Not having behavioural issues, so there's going to be that like, like in between level, and it's like, what do you know about them? And yeah, yeah you're missing it, they're really missing out. Yeah.
0: Does AIDS or standards come from the government? I think because it's
1: the teacher registration board. Teacher is registration I board. Th- yeah. I believe. They've then got like the Australian, Australian government of education, like education. Oh, oh sorry, class. it's ACARA, yeah. isn't it? No, it's different. ACARA, that's the curriculum.
0: And this is Australian standards, right? I just want to make this connection that if they are some kind of connection to the government, Mm. they're creating these standards for us now that we don't want kids to sit through the cracks, right? Mm -hmm. We need to know all of them, differentiate for all of them. Um, And if that's an expectation from the government, then we should see the the reciprocation of their help with the funding and and whatnot. So if they're expecting us to do this, well, we should be
1: expecting...
0: Um, that support and that, that that funding from them. And I remember starting my first year here, I remember our uh, tutor said that when they went through teacher college, mm. they said, oh, at least just teach 80% of the kids, you've done your job. That's right? just, oh,
1: That's, yeah. so that's bad. ridiculous. That's
2: right? terrible. That's big, big change. stupid. Yeah. For sure. Like, kids. I was going to say, it just seems like what the government is setting up for us is like, wishful thinking. Like, you're saying they're not providing us the opportunities. They're saying, do this, but we're not really going to help you get there. Yeah. Mm. yeah.
0: Especially in SA. What were you saying? We don't have a capital works fund in SA, yes. which helps st- like cl- schools that need the funding to make the infrastructure mm. and apply for it. We don't even have a fund for that
2: in nope. South Australia. Completely slashed. wasn't one of their priority, and where we're giving all of our money is two schools, which is Botanic High School and River Mitchell. And
1: Ruman Mitchell isn't even over capacity. They've so got three campuses. It's a super school. Oh I've like, it's like yeah. near my house, and I've like, during past, it's a huge block of land. It's that's like so three silly. different schools. Yeah. And I was like, it wouldn't be, because they shut down, I'm pretty sure they shut down three other schools to like merge. They did. They did. Um, yeah. And that's insane. But like, you got, um like Botanic High, that opened up a few years ago, and that, the fact they're already at over capacity, because they were dealing with the overflow of students at Adelaide High. Yeah. And it's a still a zoned school, and we go back to like, is zoning a solution? Mm. Like, what do you guys think, like, solution-wise? Like, I think moving forward in teaching... I, it feels so, like, overwhelming, I think, being in teaching because it's, like, there feels like there's so many different issues. Yeah. And it's, like, mm. what do you prioritise as a teacher and what can, like, we actually be responsible for, I think?
0: Um, that's, that's a really good point. And I think as we tackle in, these problems and make these solutions, a lot of them will cover multiple issues. Mm. For example, if we help lighten the workload for teachers in class I was talking about... Maybe having a point eight or point nine um, workload when mm. you start, um, well, that'll help um, teachers be able to prepare for their lessons, so um, they won't, you know get overloaded and then feel like they have to yeah. leave. And yeah. it help with the
3: transition from uni
1: as well. Oh, percent Straight into it. Because yeah. there's no routine here. And then going oh, into, like, okay. five days a week, you know, eight yeah. to four mm-hmm. is big days. Like, I'm yeah. about being on a place and I'm exhausted. Like, oh, yeah. you come home, I need a nap. Like, yeah. it's a big day. <laughs> yeah. um, It'll
0: help with relief work as well because oh, you have that sure. spare time to, to about teachers. as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're a known in the school. People know you. Yeah. So... Just a simple thing of helping reduce workload does cover a lot of those different I issues. I think so. Sure. It puts that
1: pressure off teachers for sure. Yeah. Especially in the last few years, I think that's what they need. It's just, like, I think that's the biggest thing. I think what, um like, Minister Clare's doing is just, like communicating with teachers mm, I think that's the big biggest one. thing is I feel like mm. with Morrison there was no communication it was just really broken yeah. communication he was like here's all this money but actually not contributing to anything that was vital or important we're Like, i not going to ask you what you need it for we're
3: just going yeah. to private schools to here's all this money yeah, yeah. like yeah. here's
1: these Christian schools but you know instead yeah. let's uh you know I think actually like go they into it on their level and actually yeah
3: ask them what they
1: need it for it's the most important
3: Something thing I think that
0: was really interesting that all the ministers of the mm. different states and territories were saying they said we've never experienced this before we've never had yeah. federal so involved in this before wow. and it's like that's ridiculous, it's ridiculous.
1: Like 21st century and this yeah. is the first time I've actually listened to teachers Yeah. like how long does it take in? yeah, and like all these empty promises I think that's like such a classic government thing is they make these promises but it's like alright so let's, let's let's actually see it happen let's yeah. actually like put it to use and like not just like these empty yeah, not just stating it for and the now, sake of it.
3: Look where it's gotten us. We're at a national crisis. teacher shortage, it, like it, all it, over the news. Oh, you know? but
1: they've been like prepared for this crisis for like, years. Like it's yeah. not even like everyone's like, oh, it's because of COVID. I was like, no, really. there was, there's yeah. like an overpopulation. And that's yeah. like, that should have been handled. Like, like we could have taken yeah, like concrete game. steps right. to prevent it. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. schools, like, um, like, schools had time to be aware of like the, the booming people, like moving yeah. here and like, um like you know all the students and like children like needing to be at school yeah. and it's like they've just been like oh it's a shock but like it's not it's and it i think is, it's just yeah. this we just like pushed it under the rug and now it's yeah. like the it can't be ignored anymore yeah, It actually can't be a shock we make it compulsory for them to go to school yeah, yeah. to
2: kind of know what's
1: happening
0: yeah yeah, yeah um definitely. and so minister claire has made some suggestions with uh, his other mis- ministers and listening to teachers um and some of them are going to be revealed to us in December when he creates when they create the national plan. But some solutions can include things like, um, we've already mentioned it, uh, making scholarships happen yeah. for uh, students that are high achievers, over 88 are, and they want to be teachers. So that'll be a good incentive, I suppose. Uh, potentially having international teachers as well That'd to fill cool. teacher shortage. Yeah. Um, and... and it brings tracking. in a cool
1: perspective sure. into the classroom. Yeah, it's not, I mm. think, it's like looking at a different way of teaching because I think westernised teaching is so. Diversified. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because not every kid, I think, at some point, as well as kids are coming from such diverse backgrounds. Mm. and You can't just teach to one child and expect they're going to fit that mould anymore. Mm-hmm. And mm. I think that's something where with differentiation and education is just so important to yeah, recognise. Yeah, it's a
0: globalised world well that, that mm. we live in. Of course, yeah. um, definitely. And students would really. A benefit from having that um, diversity in their classroom and understanding from their their teacher, mm. who, who's sometimes we just get you know the same thing in Australia, yeah. you know, you know uh, middle aged or like white.
1: Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like,
0: might be good to get different different diversity there. So um, potentially their visas could be fast tracked as another mm. solution. That's good. Yeah, um, and. This idea, this issue of retaining teachers potentially yeah, as we talked about reducing workload and potentially increasing salary. Do you that think is. that could be a solution or include increasing salary of
2: well, teachers? I think it'd be a good solution yeah. to get people into the workforce because if yeah. we look at our salary when we start, it's actually not super high.
0: So that's the end of our discussion today on the government policies and spending mm-hmm. and funding and all of that. And we really focused on that idea that we did have the Morrison government and they were doing some interesting decisions with our um, spending and funding. But now we have the Albanese government. So maybe we'll be able to see some positive future changes to that and some of those solutions we were talking about, potentially um, relieving that workload and and things like that. But uh, join us next time when we talk about uh, mental health and well-being in education. All right. Bye, guys.